Croissa and welcome, listeners, to another edition of Tales for Wales, the pod that never fails to be a bloody good laugh. Well, sprinkling a little bit of Welsh history into your life as well. I'm Jack, and as usual, I'm joined by my good friend Franks, and today we're going to be chatting about the Battle of Creig Mawr. Yes, uh, an epic struggle between the Welsh and the Normans, way back in the 1100s. But first, what have you been up to, mate? Whenever I hear the name Norman, I always think of Norman Price from uh, uh, Sometime. Just <laughs> <laughs> picture it's loads of well, loads of that very much was the intention, I think, <laughs> when they sort of c- congealed together. Not Norman Price, it is, fam. In terms of the Welsh population, they very much were naughty Normans. <laughs> I can tell you that. We should also have a uh, uh, award. Uh, uh, what's it called? Like a um, like a disclaimer. disclaimer. That's what I'm looking for. Because we are both a hangover. Because we're cool rock star podcasters. <laughs> oh, mate, what part? Uh, any podcaster who doesn't record an episode when they're not yeah. hungover is a fucking loser. And, not, and most podcasters are. Release the virgins, so so you know, the proof's in the, proof's pudding, in the pudding there and there. It is the most. It is so embarrassing to tell anybody. Oh, actually, I've got a podcast. I don't. We don't tell anybody, do we? So embarrassing. No, we we keep it very much under lock and key, <laughs> and only only the internet yeah, knows. The internet, no one you know, <laughs> our close friends and confidants. We don't tell them a word. Um. Oh yes, yeah, so we're both hungover today. You had a biggie. You had a big, big biggie. Oh. You um when you walked through the door just now, just for the listeners, um we are recording in the same house but in different rooms mm. to stop our shitty little mics overcrossing. Yeah. Um, but uh, our Frank's walked through the door and he said, "Wow, you look like shit." <laughs> he did, and he and he wasn't and he wasn't wrong. You look he wasn't right. wrong. I, I I do look like shit. <laughs> I, I had a bit. No, I had a medium. Right, no, I had a. I didn't even have a biggie. I just had a lot of cocktails, and they always fucking ruined me the next day. So we would, it's all the vitamins, yeah, isn't it? Mate? All that it's juice. All like juice. I had um, I had a, a dirty martini last night, um, which I thought because this other guy had one. I thought oh, I'll try and be cool. And I had a gin dirty martini. And you, have you ever had one before? What is a dirty martini? I was just so about it's to ask martini, him, which I asked the barman, I went, oh, "What is martini?" And he went, "I don't know." So I said, "Oh, brilliant." Um, so I had it's vermouth. No, it's I think it's martini, gin, vermouth, and then um, <laughs> olive juice. You know, like olive brine. Oh, yeah. what? Yeah, just that. In a in drink? A drink. So, to yeah. drink? <laughs> I did look rank. at one. Is this some sort of prank? Have I been pranked? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I see. I, you know, it's a, it's, it's a it's, Where were you? Were you up north or something? <laughs> yeah. They went, oh, that's a fucking joke. Some yeah. bastard here. Have this fucking piss juice. <laughs> yeah, I bet you'll fucking drink brine, <laughs> won't you? So I had that and it was fucking horrible, as you'd expect. And I had to gulp yeah. it down because I don't waste. And then it was just on everything from there. I had one called Pillow Talk, and I'd ask the man for a Pillow Talk, which was, you know... Not for the first time. Mm. I, I, my, <laughs> my partner was pretty smashed, which did mean I was allowed at McDonald's last night and this morning. So, oh, beauty. <laughs> yeah. Thank she you doesn't very much. into her health stuff, so when I eat like a fucking vile cretin, she's usually not on board with it, but today, <laughs> welcome to my world. Oh, I got up, and I, uh, I made my father-in-law and myself a... Um, a sausage sarnie, right, which was lovely. I completely forgot that I told my brother to come over at cock o'clock yeah. with um, a breakfast roll from Greg's. So we finished the sausage sar- sandwich. Went, oh, there we are. That's me full. And then my my brother went, hello, and he was like, I got I got these breakfast rolls for was you. He on and it I was like, uh, no, we tried to tempt him, but he, he, also, nah, he was too much of a fan. For the audience, cock o'clock means early in the morning. 
Oh yeah, I just assume everyone knows our stupid vernacular. When I'm hungover, even if I look at a pint, a volcano erupts in my gullet, and I'm I need like the fucking Gaviscon jizz blokes to come and jizz down the old throat. (laughs) Jizz blokes, I fuck it, I hate it when you say that. (laughs) Disgusting. I need the old fireman jizz blokes to get it. And stop saying that. (laughs) If I, I'll move away from the jizz blokes. But you know the Renes, I call them Renes, like a little French (laughs) Rene Renes Alwickers. Yeah, I'm usually have about twenty Renes to get me going, but I. Actually, we're having a beer now, and it's what half we're starting yeah. quite early. Both having a beer, and I feel okay. I think. Yeah, I just seeing your little face come through the door put me up a lot i was in a i was in a fucking pit yeah. when before you came out i was talking to the dog and i was like he must have been depressed as well because the way i was talking to him i was like oh fuck this like i can't be asked <laughs> but then you turned out and your little face i was like you know what it's gonna be all right it's gonna be I'm all gonna right get today. through this um mm. I, I i think i mentioned to you before i was looking on on i was scrolling through socials this morning and um, <laughs> Lad Bible came up with the thing of Anthony Joshua rolling like a pancake meal, like a spliff. And he was like, kind of doing it to right. me. Oh, I'm a laugh. And one of the comments underneath was so fucking lame. It was like, you know, like Facebook users are fucking losers. They like migrated now yeah. to Instagram. Uh, um, so Joshua was like rolling this big pancake, like a spliff, like pancake day, I assume. And uh, one of the commenters mm-hmm. went below, huh, I bet Snoop Dogg would approve of this. Sideways laughing emoji. Oh, my <laughs> God. Like, yeah, you know, it's the sideways one as well. It's not just the yeah. tears one. It's the one on the side. It's the ultimate, like, it's, boomer isn't it? emoji. That's so true. Man. Anyone who does a sideways uh, laughing thingy is a boomer. It's such an old, yeah. like, not, yeah, I, I can't understand why, but the sideways laughing emoji yeah, is so I, boomer. I know exactly what you mean. I couldn't, I couldn't explain to you why that is, yeah. uh, like, an older generation's version of the laughing emoji. But just use the straight yeah. arm, nice and level, laughing, crying yeah, face. Yeah, one step away that's, that's from being, like, EDL or something like that with the old laugh inside. I mean, that's quite a, quite a strong <laughs> accusation. But... That is a huge, <laughs> yeah, huge yeah, take. take but... <laughs> just tired. <laughs> and one, someone else commented under it and just said the word blunt. It's like, blunt. Oh, cool, mm, you understand drugs. Fun. What, what, what a great contribution <laughs> to the world you are. <laughs> Degenerate, but go to the uh, side. We just fucking, face. we fucking hate everyone yeah, today, don't yeah, we? Yeah, no. Fuck, <laughs> fuck everybody. Oh, I got, I don't know about you because I'm not in the same room as you, but I got my hand, I got my elbow on the table and my head in my hand, not even looking at anything. Hey, mate, if I'd have bothered to plug the desk yeah. in, right, you can adjust the height of the Ooh. desk. It's a, it's, a, it's a bloody little, yeah. I, I nicked it from uh, Amy's nice. work. Apparently, guess how much that would cost yeah, if you got stupid. it new. Eight hundred pounds. Yeah, yeah. I thought you didn't say look that. at look look at your desk now. Do you think that's eight hundred pounds worth of desk? No, it's just a fucking surface, isn't it? That's what I said. <laughs> that's your attitude to a lot of stuff, though, isn't it? It's fucking surface, isn't it? It's just food. It's just <laughs> love. It's just it's just feeling. <laughs> love whatever. is just a surface. <laughs> just a surface that we have to live with. All right, should we get going? I fucking, I can already feel myself. Oh yeah, let's get this fucking done, <laughs> shall we? Yeah. All right, there's a battle done. Right. <laughs> There's a yeah. battle. Who's in yeah. Wales? Fucking there we no are. one else. It probably only represents Wales in a good light because we're <laughs> <laughs> absolutely biasing right. a lot. No, come with me on a journey through time and space, and let's travel back to 1136, where Wales was uprising against the expansion of the Norman invasion into this green and pleasant land. So the Normans, which is sometimes a little bit confusing, remembering like the etymology and the chronology of Vikings mm. and stuff like that. So. 
the Normans, I think, were Vikings who settled in Normandy for a good couple of hundred, a good years, you know, for a while. That's right. And they, finished... they became like their own thing, yeah. didn't they? Like they... So they are Vikings, but settled in France after the Vikings had been fighting in Paris. And, and after they finished their conquest of England in 1066, um, they then turned their eyes to Wales. And who can bloody blame them? Just look at us. <laughs> we are. We're, yeah, we. in terms of uh, topography, we are the sexy little minx in the yeah. corner, aren't <laughs> yeah. we? <laughs> so after William the Conqueror had done his shebang, by 1094 he had a son who, well, his son who predictably called King William the um, Second, he had taken Boring. over most of Wales. But as all conquerors' sons, he was a bastard, and the Welsh had started a revolt. So apparently he was really cruel to people living in Wales, and he was a very cruel, hmm. cruel king or leader. Um, and by 1101, Wales had regained control of the greater part of their country under the long reign of King Griffiths ap Canaan. However, as I mentioned, this battle took place in 1136, so by now the Normans were back, and this time it's personal. Um, <laughs> they, they had uh, reconquered parts of South Wales and, re- and were looking to complete the conquest of all of Wales, but due to them being, and I quote, gratuitously cruel to the people of Wales, um, rebellions and uprisings began. Um, so this, this battle comes straight after a decisive Welsh victory over Norman forces near Swansea um, in mm. the Battle of Llychwyr. Uh, which killed around 500 normies. The old Norman Price again, getting fucking booted out of his <laughs> Italian battered. cafe. Um, so the, uh, this Lord of Ceredigion called Richard Fitzgelbert de Clare, which is a man with three too many names. I, I, say, I say have more names, mate. Fucking hell. <laughs> yeah. Well, so yeah, so Richard Fitzgilbert de Clare. De Clare is always in. Gilbert de Clare is a name that comes up in Welsh history. Fuck them. Yeah, you must have a, like a, a strong lineage through the... Through the country, yeah. but yeah, he's declared, like you said, does come he's up around. in a couple of other episodes. Yeah, I think he is. He's around with it, must be his family, but it must be around mm. 200 years later for Clint Hood and other people. Anyway, old, uh, old five, it was five, quad, no, Quinn, Quinn, old, Quintuple, Quinn, yeah. Quinn name, <laughs> old Quinny name, Quinson. <laughs> um, You've done yeah, in there, mate. You, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, so many different things. Fitz is like German. Richard's English. Declare is French. Pick a fucking oh, lane, yeah. mate. Make a, yeah, fucking make a decision, for Christ's sake. Uh, it reminds me of um, you know, Ricky Fitz from American Beauty. <laughs> Do you remember no, that film? Where it's like, he, he's the guy who um, like films the band oh, yeah, like, floating in the wind. And I just I just imagine like, a bunch of them, a bunch of these fucking losers yeah. just going like, Oh, it's so beautiful, isn't it? <laughs> like, just watching some grass swaying in the breeze. Like, what is life? And then you get fucking shot with a longbow, fucking dead. Yeah. See you later. Oh, well. Anyway, to declare, he was quite ignorant to the anti-Norman sentiment that had uh, been going on. And he was not a caretaker, but he'd barely been in Wales for most of the year. So when he was returning, he ignored the warnings that it would be dangerous for him to venture back to Caledicion with such a small force. And um, he carried on any without care in the world. So he was travelling back with not a massive army, just enough to kind of get, you know, a decent sized one, but nothing overwhelming. I'll go into the numbers in a little bit. But um, on his way back, lo and behold, upon his travels, uh, he was indeed attacked and killed by the men. Sorry, it's bird. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> he was killed. Get it out of you, mate. Killed by the men of Yorworth ap Owain. This death sparked more rebellion and confidence in other parts of Wales, where it led to the sons of Griffith ap Canaan raiding many castles the Normans had occupied and plundering much valuable gold and provisions. Uh, this incident caused the Normans to rally a substantial force, and that leads us to the Battle of Kriegmar. 
So, Christ, I'm struggling. <laughs> I'm so glad you're doing the bulk of this. Like, I, I, I'm just here basically sleeping. For the ride. I'd, I'd love to. I just, yeah, I've just got my eyes, you know, like a Gandalf sleeping with his eyes open. No, I don't. That's me at the moment. <laughs> of course you fucking do. Don't lie to me. <laughs> that was <not> personal. <laughs> You, you just absolutely you fucking got my last nerve there. <laughs> so say, okay. Go on, tell us about fucking Creek Mountain. So, so now we have a combined Welsh forces of those from Gwynedd and those from Ceredigion, and they march towards Cardigan with around 6,000 infantry, 2,000 longbowmen, which I think was one of the first times the longbow was used in battle like this. Plus, they had a cavalry unit of around a thousand, giving them a total tally of around nine thousand boyars. Two miles. It's a bit, um, it's a bit unusual, isn't it? It's rare that we talk about a battle near where the um, Welsh have cavalry. Yeah, yes. Yeah. It's, it's a very rare. We're usually against cavalry, yeah. aren't we? In the majority of the stuff, we don't worry. Um, so now, yeah, we have a combined uh, Welsh forces of nine thousand boyars. Two miles before reaching Cardigan, the Welsh army ran into the Normans, led by Robert Fitzmartin, who was supported by Robert Fitzstephen who was the constable of Cardigan Castle. A bunch of Fitz so yeah. I Imagine Fitz yeah. is like the Welsh app, you know, like... Uh, it must be, yes. Like son of. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's who gives a fuck. The Norman force was a bit bigger, with a much stronger cavalry. So they had around 1,000 professional Flemish infantry, plus 7,000 normal infantry and 2,000 heavy horse. So that's 10,000 strong Normans versus 9,000 salt-the-earth Welsh lads just trying to make a living in the world. Um, <laughs> just just come, some fucking lovely boys. Like. Yeah, and to note, the Norman cavalry, their heavy horse was kind of what made them so successful, especially across England. They used to just smash and obliterate the forces by just charging through them. Um, yeah, very much a like precursor to the English heavy yeah, horse, weren't they? Yeah. yeah. So the Flemish troops... Uh, so, sorry, let me go back. So now we've, I've told you how many people were either side, which is quite rare for us. We actually know how many people were there. Um the Normans, because they could see the Welsh coming, had a bit of time to position themselves on Kriegmaud Hill, uh, ready to meet the Welsh army coming from the north. The Flemish troops were placed at the front, who were the Normans' strongest and best trained soldiers. Then behind them were the 7,000 of the regular Norman troops. They don't mention them even having archers, but if they did, they weren't that big a part of the Normans' army. Then mm. the very back of this huge, powerful and well-armoured Norman cavalry. Um, they would be used to charge in and smash the Welsh lines, usually causing chaos and destruction where needed. And this tactic had long, long been preferred uh, by the Normans and had seen them victorious countless times on the continent. This, however, is not the continent. Oh. And they had a very strategic advantage of being on the high ground on the hill. So that, uh, it looked pretty set for the Normans. More people, stronger forces, and uh, on the hill. So when the Welsh got there... Yeah, it'd be a... Um, in in a uh, medieval Total War Two, it'd be an automatically resolved yeah. job in their eyes. Yeah, yeah. so you assume this job done. Um so they now had the infamous Welsh longbowmen, who at the time were rather obscure, and they placed them at the front of the army. And now the Normans, nor any other invaders, to be fair, had seen these uh, Welsh longbowmen up until this point. Then behind the Welsh longbowmen, they had the spearmen. Then they had the men-at-arms, and then their most experienced infantry placed at the reverse, with the lighter armoured horse, horses towards the back, all of which was in full view of the Normans. Uh, the Normans saw this as an easy battle and felt the Welsh were naive in leaving their best men at the back and their archers so up into attack. They also thought that having so many archers instead of men-at-arms was a huge disadvantage for the Welsh, as it meant 2,000 less close combat soldiers would be advancing on their troops. 
As the Welsh archers moved forward, the Normans were expecting the usual volley of arrows that they had become used to defending from, as had their shields and armour. So they're kind of well-equipped with dealing with the older arrows and stuff. Um, especially yeah, standard old-school old yeah. arrows, not, uh, not our big boy longbows. old-school arrows were pretty ineffective against good armour, and mm. the Normans had fantastic armour. Um, the Welsh didn't advance up the hill, though, and instead the Welsh archers stopped around 200 metres from the front line of the Normans, which, due to the hill, would seem like the Normans were out of reach, but still they let their arrows loose. And within the first barrage of the 2,000 arrows that came piercing down on the Flemish soldiers, the commanders of the Norman army knew something was wrong. These bows were more powerful than anything they'd seen before, and each body ripped through the lines of well-armoured soldiers to devastating effect. In the past... Go on. Oh, I was just going to say, I, I could imagine if you had your shield up, you might have been all right, but if he was thinking, oh, look, my armour's going to tank this, like we've seen videos of me, like a, a longbow arrow... We'll go through fucking plate exactly. armor and stuff like that. It's, it's, it's insane. Well, good. the Norman shields, they used they look like large guitar picks. They're like quite uh, big at the top and they kind of uh, filter off to the bottom. Kite shields, Kite I think shields, they're called. Yeah. Um, they were strong enough to withstand the old bow and arrow. So they be they were thick and strong. So they were really they were really used to it. They covered the mm. whole body and they were really they were strong. But apparently, the Welsh longbow used dwarf elm tree, which is very different to how other nations made their bows. They were apparently ugly, unfinished-looking weapons, but astonishingly stiff, large, and strong. <laughs> that was my Tinder bio for a while. <laughs> I, was, I was just about to say a joke. I couldn't think of it quick enough, but <laughs> die, Andy, you got it. Um, so, yeah, these apparently ugly, unfinished-looking weapons, where they were equally capable of for use of... That's another joke. <laughs> That's what Mrs. calls me, an ugly, unfinished-looking <laughs> weapon. <good. laughs> Um, they were equally capable for use of... Sorry, they were equally capable of use for long or short shooting. Um, they also use a different arrowhead. The Welsh archers use a square-sectioned arrow known as the bodkin point, which such a loser-sounding thing, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? Like, bodkin. If you Google it, though, it looks deadly. Although the word bodkin. Oh yeah, like if you, yeah, anyone listening now, if they if they Google it, it looks like it would fuck you up. Uh, but the fact that it's called a bodkin. <laughs> It's just it's just a failure on the, whoever named it. To be honest, Bodkin sounds like the the, the fucking loser that you make get you your fucking drink. Bodkin, Bodkin, Bodkin. <laughs> fetch me my fetch me my prawn crackers. <laughs> That's what they're famous for back in the Middle East. I say prawn. I I I, I really. I, you know what I was trying to say? Pork scratchings. Ah, oh, that'd be bad. Again, as if they had them. In <laughs> well, at least it sounds. They packs. feel medieval because they're fucking awful. I yeah. do. I love them. Oh yeah. But. And let me try and describe a bodkin to people who don't Google it. So you used to have like the broad heads, which are those triangle ones that you kind of imagine if you're drawing a bow and arrow, that's what you'd have with them. Mm. And then you kind of get tapered versions of the broad head. This one here was like the top of a spear. They're like small spears with like three centimetre, three inch long shards of metal at the end that are really sharp and piercing. They can fly through uh, body armour. And they are like little daggers. You are launching, throwing daggers at people, but with a ferocity. Yeah, it was, you're quite right there. It's, it's literally like the tip of a spear on the tip of an arrow, isn't it? Like it's, it's just could fucking get through yeah. anything. And they, um, but the shit is called a bodkin. Anyway, bodkin. the Flemish, who were at the front of the Normans, were now being mowed down by this barrage of arrows. And Fitzmartin, the leader of the Normans, um, he quickly realised that the best troops were being cut down. So he plugged the gaps of the infantry position behind the Flemish. The issue is, though, with the second line of infantry, they were far less armoured than the Flemish dead they were trying to replace, which means they were now even more exposed and taking huge casualties. So now Old Fitz saw his troops faltering and decided to use his strongest force, so he sent the fearsome cavalry directly at the archers. So the Welsh archers directed their aim at the cavalry, and with piercing accuracy took down a considerable amount of the horses, blunting their charge. 
So by the time the remaining cavalry got close to the archers, they quickly retreated and ran behind the wall of Welsh spearmen, and they, uh, who were there to stab through the heavy horses. So if you picture it, they were running. The horses would come down in like a triangle formation, and usually the archers with that kind of with bows that strong would take a while to kind of reload and wouldn't be very good at close quarters. But they were still really effective. They turned mowed down a bunch of them, and those who uh, remained ran straight into the wall of spears from the Welsh spearmen. Well, that's the thing with cavalry, isn't it? It's like, you know, the whole power of it comes from the momentum and, like, the huge numbers just fucking Especially, riding you yeah. down. So if you if you take out the majority of the horses before they even get to you, you know what I mean? Like you said, you probably they probably took a few archers out, I don't doubt, but then, like you said, the spearmen behind them just poked them. I just don't think I'd want to be so. on a horse in a battle. Like, unless you're doing the charging stuff. I imagine if you run in... Europe on high, I just feel you'd be really exposed to getting everything. It's, um, I, I always think, like, you know, seen movies, like, it, it's depicted as if you're on a horse, you're, like, in a better yeah. position. But I feel like having a fucking unruly animal <laughs> between between your legs, oh, yeah. you know, there's, there's a joke to be made there, yeah. <laughs> but, um, um, it's just another level of, like, uncertainty yeah. I know when you're in a fucking I did battle. I read that know? these horses, um, they were also, they'd bite, so horses would bite. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, I read that, they they're trained to like um, bite the enemy faces yeah. and stuff like that. Horrible little fuckers. Yeah. So I, I always used to think, oh, it's a bit harsh that you aim for like the horses to like kill them mm. to get the riders off. But then when you hear that, you think, fucking hell, nasty bastards. <laughs> oh, fuck yeah, nasty why not? Bastard, you are. Yeah, was yeah. a nasty bastard, the lorrius. Hey, fucking hell, you nasty. I do think to myself, fuck off, you boring bitch. Right, don't be a fucking biter. <laughs> right, fucking hell, mate. You fucking come down here, fucking bit me and my mates like, ah, oh, you fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> um, anyway, oh, no. um, they, as soon as the the horses then were stuck with the Welsh spearmen, uh, the Welsh horses flanked the sides of the cavalry and forced them to retreat. And this left the Norman infantry completely exposed. And after realizing the annihilation was imminent, the Normans tuck tailed and ran for their lives. The Normans tried to escape over Cardigan Bridge across the River Tavy, uh, but due to the heavy weight of the horses, this caused it to come crashing down. So now you've got the, the half of them trying to escape across this bridge that's collapsing, drowning many of their trip, troops, or leaving thousands trapped, unable to escape. So the clever ones dropped their armour and weapons and swam for their lives. Those who stayed were absolutely slaughtered, none, none remaining. And then some soldiers ran to a neighbouring village, but the Welsh burnt that to the ground and killed those who hid there, which is a bit fucking mm-hmm. brutal. I was going to say that the Welsh, uh, the Welsh love a fucking bridge to collapse of some kind, <laughs> don't they? Like, it seems to be a recurring yeah. theme. They, they fucking love... Bridges, <laughs> bridges collapsing, and the Welsh armies in medieval times—they're like peas and carrots. They go together. They're going to say peas so and well. <laughs> no, 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 no. Peas and carrots, baby. They do go well together. Yeah. You wouldn't, I wouldn't like one without the other. You're right. <laughs> you know, ironically, I like peas, but I don't like carrots. I, I don't so like I've peas, actually... and I like carrots. Oh we man, we we go well together, wouldn't we? <laughs> yeah. You can have my peas and I can yeah. have the carrots. <laughs> I I digress. But uh, you sing on the podcast. I'm fucking drunk. What I'm saying is that there's a couple of times now where a bridge has let an enemy force down against the Welsh. <laughs> like you're I think there's something going like on. Like a racist comment you said. All I was saying, right? Basically, <laughs> yeah. right. If you look back at my actual comment, <laughs> yeah. it actually wasn't that no, bad, right? right? Anyway. And then we go quickly into the aftermath before we can wrap this up and get on the bevs. Mm. Um, so although the Normans held on to Cardigan Castle, the battle was a disaster for them. It was the biggest fighting force in the area had been de- so the biggest their biggest fighting force in the area had been destroyed, and it proved the super- and it proved the superiority of the longbow, something the Normans couldn't match. They lost around three thousand soldiers, 
and the Norman influence waned for around 20 years after the battle, and in 1157, Henry II took up the fight. Multiple defeats set him back further, and it wasn't until Henry, King Henry III invaded Wales in 1241 that uh, some semblance of English control was created. Yeah, they were basically, like you said, they uh, they put all their eggies in one basket, didn't they? And then they got they got fucked a bit, and they had to... Well, they didn't calm it. They, 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 they were fucked, weren't they, the Normans? And then it was the English... Right. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of what the Normans then kind of settled into what is what was England. That's right. Yeah, what was modern England? Or oh, not modern, but you know what I mean. Yeah. yeah. So they were, the, yeah. So the, they were called the Plantagenet monarchs. Uh, they were the ones who ruled. Stupid yeah, name. Uh, long, they started Henry II in 1154 uh, to Richard III, who came to end in 1485, and then after that, oh it man, was no, no one even cares until like number eight no. or maybe seven. <laughs> like second, you're fucking, you're well behind, man. Yeah. Um, so some key points. Is there anything you want to say that I've missed out so far? I don't think so. Oh, um, one point I want to say: that, um, one of the um, leaders in the uh, uh, the Welsh army in this battle was uh, Owen Ap Griffith. All right. Now it's easy to get confused with a lot of Welsh leaders because they're all called fucking Owen or Llewellyn, mm-hmm. and usually the name after Ap is something similar as well. So Owen Ap Griffith was uh, known as Owen the Great. And he was grandfather of Llewellyn Vowd, oh. Llewellyn the Great. So there's like a lineage oh, of like cool. uh, of of like fucking badass Welsh leaders cool. that fought battles what against you incursions. From, from here, so what's this? The eleven hundreds, and then mm. it just feels like Wales for like two hundred or even more than that because this happened before. So from, it's just been constantly fighting. Like Wales were just constantly fighting. Absolutely. You know, we we um uh, anyone who's listened to our previous episode about on Knappan, like the that it was a sport that was devised in for for, for peacetime yeah. to keep people like you know sort of ready for war. I was like, when was there ever peacetime? Yeah. It feels like it feels like we're constantly fucking yeah. being you, invaded. Or you something. had this. You had um, then you had yeah Henry the no it was yeah Henry the second and Edward the first and all these people and you know mm. King Henry the third and then. It wasn't until the, well, 1282 is when Llewellyn died, wasn't it? And then in the yeah, 40, 1400 to 1415 was Owen Glyndwr. And then after that, across all of the UK, things kind of calmed down. I know mm. the Scottish fought against Henry VIII um, pretty much for, throughout his reign, but it didn't really involve, Wales didn't really, it was kind of subjugated by then anyway. So um, mm. it does feel like for 400 years or whatever, just, just constant constantly. fucking yeah. warfare. And then before that, <laughs> yeah. you know, there was the Romans, it was the what were they called the Silleries? Silleries, uh, or whatever. Mm. Yeah, yeah, the South Silleries. South Walian Celts, and they, yeah. And then there was fighting internal fight. There was times of when, like, how are that and stuff, and and there was periods of uh, brief periods yeah. of peace, like yeah. But like you say, even when, like back in you know Dark Ages times, even when there was no one actually trying to attack us, we just start fighting each yeah, other. That's the <laughs> thing. Just, well, yeah. Wales was ridiculous. Well, I think we sometimes romanticise this notion that Wales was a united country; they loved each other. Mm. If it wasn't English fighting us, it was the Welsh fighting themselves. So, yeah, yeah. I often wonder. Like, uh, this is one of the notes I made. Is like, it's such a shame. Like, can you imagine like how different history would be if just Wales had united all the yeah. time? Because all always what happens is we're we're so close to the finish line, and there's some fucker who like goes you know what i get more land in yeah. england or i get a bit of gold or whatever like that. i'll fuck off to the english side and it's like oh man if everyone just stuck their guns i get every man has their fucking price or whatever but how how cool would it be if just wales was a united yeah. front well, always wales itself is like shifted from it's always the landscape of it 
well not the landscape the borders of it have always kind of shifted round and it wasn't mm. really until England got set up that Wales was considered you know it, it, I'm reading this book it's at the moment thing, called yeah. Wales England's Colony and it, it talks mm. about how Wales can't exist without England because it's, it's kind of defined by what England is because what, what England is what England isn't is Wales so, you know, it's like it's yeah. a, it only exists because there is an England next door to it, which I suppose is true of everything. Yeah. But it's a really good book, and I'm going to try and cover it more on this podcast because I do want to be a bit more learned because we often get things a bit. <laughs> we often just absolutely ramble. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it's it's true though. It's like like I said that you know when when we weren't fighting England or the Romans or whoever, we end up fighting each other, and like you know you get to a point then where because Wales used to be made up of different kingdoms within Wales. Yeah. You'd be like, oh right, De Haybarth is being invaded, or oh, I don't give a shit because yes. I'm the king of Gwynedd, kind of thing, you know. Yeah. It'd be better because because they're getting a bit ballsy. I want them their power to wane yeah. while I while I get strong, you know. And whereas, like you said, we romanticise it sometimes, thinking we're like a united Wales the entire time, but it really isn't. Well, one of the things I did read was um, once again the Welsh survived uh, a lot of the resistance from the Normans due to the country being so wild and untamable and difficult to navigate. So unless you were born on the land. Because the Wales used to be one of the big, big Jurassic forests. It used to be a really, you know, most of it was completely covered in forest. It wasn't until uh, Ed, Ed Longshanks, Ed, Ed, Edward Longshanks, Edward the fucking first. What? What? Did yeah, that he chopped down do? <laughs> so yeah. much of the trees to fuel the war against the Welsh and to stop us hiding in the forest. So he cut down like, yeah. a fucking considerable amount of it. Um, and also the the reason the um, the horses in Eng- uh, when they fight in England they often fight them on flat land so the the Norman horses mm. were really really effective because they just fly through and go through whereas here we've got um, we've got they've got to go up through like ravines crevices you know they're in the woods they're in the stuff that doesn't yeah. make them it's really hilly so you're not running on a flat surface that's tailors all the time that one mate yeah Normans English they all struggled that that, that was their trump card with um, a heavy horse yeah. and stuff like that and then as soon as they get to like some ravines or like some craggy mountains and shit like that they're just so ineffective and talk about what we just said then so i read the welsh had never been fully subdued by this point so either by political means or brute force so after like successive romans anglo-saxon norman invasions Mm. wales was still not being conquered then there were two main factors that were frustrating the norman ambitions so that's like topography so the way wales is built and the 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 land that goes around there and then the framework of celtic uh, celtic society like it was so ingrained and so different to what it was like in England that whenever they did conquer, they couldn't control it because it was just so different to what they were used to controlling. More civilized people next door. Yeah, trying to try to stop games and that Knapan and all that shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The um, I think I read it in the Knapan episode, but a quote from what the Normans described Wales as. Mm. I'm pretty sure I read it on the last one where they just they described the Welsh as like beastly, and they, they were in need of <laughs> yeah. taming. And this is coming from Vikings, so how bad were the Welsh? <laughs> yeah, absolute rowdy boys. Um, another thing I noted was like, what well, the Welsh lacked in experience and equipment. They compensated for in ferocity, um, and mm. they had like a firm tactical grasp of their homeland. And they, they, you know, most of them had herded sheep over the hilly terrain and hunted the forest for centuries. And they knew the landscape and how to exploit it to their advantage. And even though their horses lacked the bulk of the armor, um, their mounts could like maneuver far quicker and easier. Yeah. Also, I always um. I always say about uh, you know when uh, like Llewellyn and Owain when they when they started overreaching in my opinion where they started trying to edge into yeah. England, and I think you're getting off your home turf then like we do so well on our own home turf, like why would you ever try and go on someone else's yeah. home ground you know? Um, oh Icarus! Yes, uh, how far you? And then the last thing I'll say is um, 
the uh, so Wales is a land that was like mineral rich but cash poor. So nearly all the men uh, yeah. used to use bows to hunt for food, and uh, they'd hunt off the land. It's back when it was common land, so it wasn't owned by any king. Mm. Um, so they'd have like they'd be able like everyone grew up shooting. Uh, so they were all really good at archery, uh, and it just becomes yeah. second nature. So then they and they also used to use the longbow for it as well. And when they decided to use the longbow. I think the longbow came from a specific point in West Wales, and when they decided to unify that across most of the Welsh armies, it just became devastating. When England took over Wales properly, in uh, you know just after tw- I don't think it was quite twelve eighty two because that's when the rebellion ended, but not yeah. long after that, they incorporated Welsh archers into the English army because of how fucking yeah. effective they could be. You know, well we saw that in the episode of um, Falkirk, didn't we? That's right, yeah, yeah. When we were on the side of the baddies. Yeah, we were the baddies. We were a lot of baddies. That, that book, again, uh, the, the amount of times Wales has benefited from being part of, like, associated with the baddies of colonialism, mm. that often doesn't get the same kind of scrutiny for it. Um, yeah. so it's a really good book, so I recommend anybody who's enjoying Welsh history to have it, because I've got quite a maybe biased view of Welsh history. Reading this was a bit more of a, an eye-opener to think of, actually... Yeah. <laughs> you, you you fucking English by nature. I hate the Welsh. <laughs> yeah, deplore my own self being. <laughs> yeah, self loathing. I'm always roof. keen to point out it's it, it's never anti English. It's just it's a pro Welsh podcast. I think we'd call it not an anti, not not an anti English podcast. Yeah, I uh, I ain't got a problem with the English. You know, you've done some bad shit, but so have yeah. we. We you know, we've done some bad shit English, as well. I, well, exactly. The yeah. Diluting the bloodline. <laughs> yeah. Oh, great friends. Yeah. I reckon we're, we're stumbling now. <laughs> oh, we're just rambling. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a very long episode. Do you want to bulk it out? Do you have anything to add? <laughs> Do you want to bulk it out? Don't put that sort of pressure on me. <laughs> yeah. I, I got nothing, mate. I got yeah, absolutely no. fucking nothing. Well, we you know what I want? I want? I want another fucking beer. Yeah. I've been dry for like ten should minutes. We, uh, should we? All right, well, should we? I, I haven't got anything else to add, and we both want to get back on the piss. So, shall we say thank you very much for listening, dear Conrad? Um, goodbye, energy. We, this is season two now, so we're going to shape up. We're not going to bother with the dick of the day stuff. But what we do really want is your suggestions on what to do next. So, there's yes, please. Uh, Twitter and Instagram. The Instagram is Tales for Wales, I reckon. Let me just double check. <laughs> <laughs> just, just wing it, mate. Um, Don't worry about it. We don't and drop us a message on there. Um, Tales for Wales podcast. No, Tales for Wales and number four. Um, so drop us a pod. Uh, drop us a message on there for what you'd like to see us do next, or on Twitter, Tales number four Wales. Um, we are thinking we got a YouTube channel as well, um, mm. and we're gonna have something else. I fucking slaved oh, yeah. over the audiograms on there. So if you'd <laughs> like to give them a watch, that would be much appreciated. And what's, the, what's the channel? Uh, that is a good question. I'm pretty sure it is Ch- Tales for Wales again, but um, it's all on link tree. Yeah, yeah, go yeah, click the link tree, and you'll you'll fucking I guess get to it. it no Tales problem. for Wales YouTube, and it's the first thing that comes up. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, drop a, a little uh, thingy, and do yeah, let us know. And if you could drop us five stars, that's really helpful as well. Thank you. Yeah, no. love you guys. Love you guys. Tara. Tara. Tara.